Hi, Balsama. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Look as if Doing I'm fine, okay. yes. Yes, yeah. How have you been these last few days? Not too yeah. much snow down in London? No, it's not that bad, actually. It's quite it's quite warm, considering. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's fine. It's just the way it's, I like it. Oh, good, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm doing fine. It's nice up here. It's been a bit cold, a bit snowy now and again, but oh, not too bad. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to see you again. I spoke to you last time before Christmas, and yes. it was to do with work as an aesthetics practitioner. Yeah. Yes, and great. it was, yeah, it was part of a number of interviews I was doing, talking to different practitioners all over the place. Yeah. And tonight, with lockdown again, I thought it'd be nice to talk about a subject that's Everyone's interested in the skin, Absolutely. and Absolutely. you're a perfect person to talk to about that Thank subject. Thank you. Thank you. So I thought um, it'd be nice to talk. It's, skin's such a big subject. We could talk about it all day, all night, without any problem at all. So, But I thought we'd break it down maybe into, into the different areas of treatment and the sort of things we get asked to do with skin and how we can treat certain problems. Yeah. Um, and really, our background as pharmacists, that helps us give good, reliable information, I think, to the public. So I thought it'd be nice to talk to you about that in particular. So, I'm at your disposal, so fire away. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've done a lot of work in, in the area of skincare, haven't you, Balsam? I think you've got, although you're a pharmacist, yeah. you're a prescriber, um, you carry out aesthetics work in your own clinic in London, yeah. but your speciality above all is the skin and how to treat the skin um, in terms of injectables and other treatments as well. So what um, what sort of work have you done regarding skincare? You've got quite a bit of a background in terms of skincare, haven't you, and qualifications and work. So give, give us a, a brief uh, description of the sort of things that you've done with skincare. So, so um, it stems back from the, the knowledge of, of science anyway. Um, but in addition to um, the pharmacy, I have a previous degree in pharmacology. So there's a lot of um, biochemistry and physiology that's involved in, in, um, in the pharmacology because you've got to know the health before you start to, to look at the disease and how then you retain it and return it back to health or try to maintain yeah. manage. So uh, cellular is, is incredibly important. So... But as a chemist, we are very finely in tune with, uh, with the formulations, with um, the molecules of how things work, why they work, delivery systems. Um, so we don't take anything of uh, face value. So skin to me was always my passion because it is the largest organ in the body. We need to respect it. Um, and it is an indicator of many, many diseases that go on inside that we tend to actually find it manifest on the outside. So, yeah. uh, and uh, I remember sort of maybe I, yeah, I would have said to you that in, in um, the pharmacy world, skin is the biggest um, inquiry um, topic that comes in from, from yeah. the patients, customers or, or clients, um, whether it's a prescription medication or, or it's actually a, an over-the-counter or somebody just walks around and just browse around and wants to have uh, one of these high street brand so yeah. for me it was really, really important that, that when we deliver the uh, the information it needs to be true transparent and accurate and that's, yeah. that's really really important so as i went on to through my career etc um, and i still remained in skin and i was the, the champion in the area or the region of of my area to say that you know, you're, you're the champion for skin because i've infused 
I infuse passion, yeah. passion, a lot of passion into it. Yeah. So I did well after I finished my prescribers course, and I did my prescribers in dermatology. That was my focus. Um, and as a an acne sufferer, that was also another thing that's very personal to me. That I thought, yeah, yeah I really need to get my skin ready because if you don't have your skin ready, your confidence will go because you wear it every day. So you you know, and you see it every day, and so your skin has to be really, really. Um, the best it can possibly be and a lot of yeah. people if you treat their skin you you automatically um take years off them because we are like a canvas a plain canvas as we're born and the trials and tribulations of life is like speckles you know painted and thrown speckles all over the place yeah so, so, you know, the unevenness, the pigmentation, the sun damage, the external factors, so health and skin health, internal health and skin health uh, go hand in hand as well. So yeah. from a medical perspective, the dermatology of the, uh, dermatitis, eczema, psoriasis, you name it, um, yeah. all of those fungal infections, even down to metabolic syndrome, which shows, a, and diabetes shows a lot in it in the skin as a result. Yeah. Um, and there's also a link of skin and alopecia. So, you know, the list is endless. So, so yeah. that's the reason why I thought, you know, treat the envelope before you treat the belly and we can yeah. start to contour and, and, and augment and everything else. But actually yeah. have, having a beautiful pair of lips um, on a spotty face, I'm going to yeah. focus on the spotty face. I will not see yeah. the artistry of the lips. But that was what I was going to go on to about. We both practice aesthetic work. You do a range of different treatments. Yeah. So do I. I specialize in um, injectables. So I look at toxin treatments, uh, dermal fillers, and they're used to treat the patient in, in particular ways. Um, there's things to do with skincare that can be used on top of that. And that was what I was really wanting to speak to you about, the, the relevance of a good skincare regime um, relative to aesthetic treatments that the that clients can have with people like us. What would you say, is there an important aspect of looking at both areas? 100%, especially in light of what lockdown at the moment. I mean, how do we make sure that we allow our clients and ourselves to maintain a good skin skin health and skin care regime? And the only way we do it is through at-home products. And But the at-home products need to be um, result-driven and they need to actually have, they need to make sure that they do what they say. Um, unlike the ones that you will see on the high street, and I am not disrespecting the high street. I've worked for many, many years on the high street and I know exactly what's out there in the high street. But when you're looking at a cosmeceutical product as opposed to a high street product, you're looking at a hybrid in a sense because it's almost like um, the mixture between the cosmetic and the pharmaceutical. So when yeah. the pharmaceutical, which is one that will deliver an outcome through um, almost like a drug-related pathway, the, the cosmetic doesn't, it just mainly sits on the top layers of the skin. The cosmeceutical yeah. seems to be a, a hybrid where the actives tend to go into the, uh, the, the, sort of the, the deeper layers of the skin to create yeah. a result. And that is really important. That is really yeah. important. So, um, go ahead. Do, do you think that, that um, there's more need for people to understand the difference between a standard product that they can buy in, in a high street store yes. and cosmeceuticals? There is the difference that makes it difficult for people to understand. And I think 
that's one of the reasons we thought we'd talk about that, you know, the differences and what the relevance that of that is to the individuals using the products. It, it's very difficult for people to decide what they think is best for them. It's very hard for even people like you and me that know about ingredients and that know about what the effects of different treatments can be. It's still hard for us, so it can't be very easy for somebody on the, on the street Absolutely. to make a decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Unfortunately, marketing plays a very, very um, big role in how the psychology works with the consumer. And so, <clears throat> and so beware of the claim. What says what it says does not mean what it is. Beware of the dazzling lights of the, of the high street. Even now that we don't have the high street, we'll have the dazzling lights of the e-commerce world, world that will tell you that this is the best thing since sliced bread. But yeah. be mindful that actually... Uh, what are you paying for here? Are you paying for the packaging or are you paying for what's inside? And so th there are gigantic companies who make masses. There are masses and masses and masses of production of these, of these um, products. And the way yeah. that they will lure the, 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 the client, because we all want that hope in a jar. We all want yeah. that elixir of youth. So, so you, you, we tend to believe anything that, that we are told because, because we, we want to make sure that we get what's our, what our imagination is being subjected to. So yeah. when it comes to skincare, the, the integrity of the brands are incredibly important. And if you ever take time to have a look at the back of your, of your products, be very, very meticulous about it. So the first thing they will say for a hydrating cream, the first ingredient that you will see is aqua. And lo and behold, what is aqua? It's water. So it says to you, water is hydrating. Really, uh, of course, it is hydrating. That's what it does, you know. So, and then it goes down the ingredients list. The amount that's in there also is relative. You, you don't need to have great amounts, but it has to be a one percent and above for it yeah. to be to gain activity. Every and the first ten are the most active. Everything yeah. else we're looking at: binders, fillers, stabilizers, antibacterials that keeps that cream for longer. Otherwise, it will yeah. just you, you might as well go to the lush shop. That they make they'll mix it up like an ethnic. Nothing against lush. It's no, just no, that there's nothing, don't... nothing. But you know, you want something to really last you for more than what you pay for. So at least a month, two months, yeah. three months. Um, look at the packaging in terms of the integrity of it. Vitamin C, as a, as an example, which we, we may touch on later on, we may not. But yeah. this is an ingredient that is an, a powerful antioxidant with a very, very, very short life. So you put a broth bro yeah. in, in a glass of water or a vitamin C effervescent tablet. Within, if you don't drink it within that one or two hour period, it's denatured. Yeah. So when you see a, a cream that goes from the manufacturing plant all the way to the shelf and it opens yeah. and closes, it opens and closes, what are you paying for apart from an orange colored cream? What are you yeah. paying for here? So, so it's very, very important to even look at the way they are packaged, uh, yeah. whether they're vacuum filled, whether they're occlusive, how they yeah. pumped, you know, every single thing. And that is where the, the pharmacist or pharmaceutical chemist looks into that detail. And we do, do, that. Do you think people realize why products cost what they do? Do you think people no. think it's all just profit? Do you think they think it's marketing? Do you, do you think people have a, an idea of why things cost what they do in, the t in terms of cosmetics? I think they'll always be the savvy customer. They'll always be the one that actually goes in there, research and research and research and get the best product. Yeah. But then there are ones that will go for this big, beautiful department store where they've got, uh, you know, harps singing on for for the uh, 
what they call the fish eggs, you know, the caviar, because it says caviar, whatever this, caviar, whatever that. So, so you, you know, you're paying for this luxury. You go in there, you feel beautiful. You feel very, like, not, yeah. not the importance, but you feel almost like royalty. But when you come out and you go home, and you're, whatever your home is, do you have the same feeling in that bag as you did when you were in that department store? So yeah. a lot of it is advertising, a lot of it is marketing. And yes, we are in the world that we, we are ourselves in social media, that we need to be marketing ourselves to make sure that we are visible. But there yeah. are big giants. And, and, the, and if, you, if you see the world like a, like a triangle or like a pyramid, you will have the, the bigger sector where they will serve. And then as you go up, the, in terms of the education and awareness, um, although it's more concentrated, the number of people who know about it are far less. So the, the pyramid yeah. then becomes slightly more compact at the very top. And that's why anything that's cosmeceutical needs to be governed or educated by an aesthetic practitioner because they're the ones that will, they would have had the training, they would have had the years and the knowledge and the know-how to really yeah. explain to the, to the client or the patient why this it, is and how it works. It, you, you mentioned about, about the practitioners and the people that um, have the knowledge and skill to know what to do. Um, I think a lot of members of the public don't fully realise that pharmacists aren't just tablet counters. No, I think that's what most people would see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just that our, our legal title is actually pharmaceutical chemist. It's not pharmacist, it's pharmaceutical chemist. So we specialise not only in in dispensing, um, working in pharmacies, community pharmacies, and actually checking prescriptions. But we do all different things like aesthetic work and also manufacturing of drugs as well. We need to know about how drugs are manufactured yeah, and what goes into absolutely. the products. And don't forget, um, it's also the supplements. We, we never yeah. talk about supplements, but actually we really are versed on supplements you know what will work in terms of the supplement for you whether you know whether it's a hair supplement or a skin supplement or whether yeah. general health lifestyle supplement you know yeah. we we also know a lot about those because they're a big contender in, in the health market you know yeah. people like colin and barrett would do so well if they weren't um heavy on the you know if, if people didn't believe or perceived that they work so so yeah. supplements are incredibly important as well that we we are we are versed in those as well because they, yeah. they work hand in hand with other drugs and, and everything else so yeah absolutely so what, what, what I thought we'd do, we'd talk about a few different types of ingredients and products that um, people can buy, members of the public can buy from different places, different online, they can buy from um, practitioners like ourselves. We'll go through a few different products and a few ingredients that I think people always have questions about more than others. So I thought we'll, I, I asked a few questions to the, um, on my story and I got a few different questions about different products. Yeah, don't that, forget, far away, so, ready. Yeah, so one of the products, one of the items that people were interested in knowing more about was retinol. Now, retinol is an ingredient that's used in a lot of different cosmetic products, cosmeceuticals and products you can buy on the high street as well. Um, but it's not, not everybody knows exactly what it is, what it does, what the benefits are, what the disadvantages are, and what the actual use of it is. What difference does it actually make? So retinol, what would you say retinol is? How would you describe retinol to someone that has no knowledge whatsoever about it? Also, not, not pharmacist, not an aesthetic practitioner, a member of the high, a member of the public. What would you say about retinol? 
So retinol is an ingredient that belongs to a family of retinoids. Okay, and the retinoids are derivatives of vitamin A. So the retinol is just one of them, and they vary in difference in potency, and they also vary in the way they work. But ultimately, what we are trying to do is go through a cascade system where you have the retinol will be converted to an ingredient called retin uh, retinaldehyde, which ultimately gets converted into retinoids. And these are the ones that, that we need to, to uh, the active form of retinol. So, so the actual the, product that makes the difference yes, is the so retinol. You've, you've it's, got, yes. it's, not, it's not the other... It's not the other forms of retinol. It's one. No, it's one particular no, there's type. There's a cascade mechanism, as you have with every, with almost everything in the biological world that yeah. goes in, whether it's a clotting cascade, whether it's a digestive and enzymatic cascade, whether it's insulin release and diabetes or normal after you eat a plate of rice. There is a cascade mechanism because we are a structure. We are almost like a factory within ourselves. Everything has to have a sequence and signaling and everything else that goes along. Similarly so, with retinol. So the products that people buy, they, yeah. it's very confusing for them because they don't know what is in a product that makes a difference. Yeah. It's got vitamin A and it's got retinol and it's yeah. got certain strength of vitamin A. What are they supposed to do? What, what do they so, need to look for so, to, for it to make a difference to them? What's going to make a difference to their the skin? Activity, you also where it is. So the so as we are talking about the cascade, it starts from a weaker and then gets converted through a series of cascade mechanisms until it reaches the active form. So yeah. the active forms tend to be either what they known as isomers in the in the chemistry world, and they are very potent. So they're the ones that you find that they tend to be most irritating, but yet highly, highly effective. But of yeah. course, they will then we will then go into a legal structure because it becomes a pharmaceutical and it becomes a prescription only. But when you see it on the high street as retinol or as uh, uh, another weaker ingredient which is yeah. a derivative of retinol then you would say to yourself okay we can have it as a cosmetic however when we see something called retinaldehyde that is also part of the retinoid family but this uh, this one is one step away from being activated into the active form so retinaldehyde is 11 times faster in its action than retinol because it's the right. natural so if you imagine that that you are going on a train and you're going before you reach the you you know from london to glasgow and all the other cascade conversions are stations so you yeah. are reaching the one before say for example i don't know you get to newcastle and then you go yeah. or edinburgh via glasgow because yeah. <laughs> uni days and then you, you know you you get to you get to that end stop so before you get yeah. to the faster it is, obviously, the the more likely it will work better, yeah. better in a sense. However, bear that in mind, guys. That doesn't mean it will work because then you fast better because you've got to also think about the technology of the of the um, the cosmeceuticals. There's a lot of technology in the cosmeceuticals because of the way they are delivered. So, right. I would give you an example. We need. We need um, vitamin D, uh, we need calcium for healthy bones, correct? But we, we, we need actually, we must have the conjunction of vitamin D to help to mobilize the calcium. There's got to be yeah. a carrier mechanism. We need so, oxygen, but if we, our lungs are not working well, 
then we cannot breathe. So the carrier mechanism or the delivery system of that product yeah. is incredibly important in making sure the process is right. So it makes a difference, not just in what item is in a cosmetic, what type of uh, retinol, retinaldehyde, what type of vitamin A derivative is in that cream or that serum. It depends how it's actually put in there in the first place. Absolutely. It, 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 it makes a difference of how it's put, how it's formulated, the percentage of it, and all or the integrity of the organ. Because remember, we don't just put the vitamin A or the retinol in. There are many other ingredients that are the excipients that they're called, or the externally inactive ones, as well as the other active ones. And also, you will see what's also in there as an active ingredient in your, in your uh, cream. So it may not just be retinol on its own. It may have another active ingredient that will work in conjunction with it. Um, mixing, two, mixing two items together. So sometimes you see retinol, vitamin C. So generally speaking, we say don't put them together at the same time. Or if you're going to do it, make sure you leave 30 minutes apart because of the acid pH, the acidity varies between one and the other. So yeah. you don't have them together in the same pot. But yeah, you see some, some um, um, products that will have them in the same. So how, how weak is one? How strong is the other? You've got to start yeah. to ask yourself. Um, and that's why the consumer will not be able to get that from a sales assistant in there because God bless them. They work so hard, but this is not their job. This is yeah. not, you know, they're there to make sure that the, the stock is filled on the shelf for the consumer to yeah. buy. But people like you and I and many other reputable practitioners out there will be able to have that time to explain to the to the consumer or the client exactly why they should have after they're making after a, a an in depth skin consultation, because a lot yeah. of times you're buying hope, but with a consultation you're buying results. That's yeah. Different. Yeah. So with 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 products that contain retinol, women and men. Look for look for certain cosmetics, certain products that they think are going to be useful for their skin. Yeah. Should they look for particular types of retinol products, or should they try and get information before they do anything in terms of you know buying products? What what would you say to someone that's looking for a range of cosmetics and might think about retinol? What's the benefit to them in getting okay. retinol in the first I mean, place? It is, it is the gold standard of skincare the retinol, the gold standard. And why is it gold standard of skincare? It's because it's backed by robust and numerous scientific evidence. And that's why we could actually categorically say, this does what it says on the tin. Now, so what does yeah. it do on the tin? It increases collagen production. It, de yeah. it decreases collagen degradation. Increases the production of long chain sugar molecules, and for those who are going to be geeky because I can't help myself, they're called glycosaminoglycans. Now, what are these things? They are the most famous, famous glycosaminoglycan that you know and you all love. I'm pretty sure of it. Is hyaluronic acid. So it increases the production of hyaluronic, induces the production of hyaluronic acid. It decreases the, the degradation of collagen, increases the production of collagen, and increases cellular turnover. So all in all, you have got a, a powerful anti-aging ingredient. 
powerful. So, so, the, the, so the retinol helps in a number of different ways in skin as you age. So as you get older and older, there's changes that happen naturally to people's skin. Yeah. Men change at different speeds to women. They have different, slightly different skin. So the actual types of products that you use for different people needs to be different because not everyone's skin is exactly the same. And it's not always at the same age. The age of the person varies. So I suppose... As somebody ages, they've got different needs and their skin ages over time naturally. So naturally, collagen is one of the one of the material in skin that gives you volume, that gives the surface texture of the skin. And all those things are affected by things like retinol. Retinol can help improve yeah. the actual structure and the availability of collagen under the skin, which makes the difference yeah. to somebody's appearance. Um, but it's very difficult for people to understand, you know, what the benefit of one ingredient is. What, how much of a difference is that so really going to make the to their skin? To, the first thing we need to, to, to put, put right is that aging and collagen reduction or, or degradation happens in our early 20s. Men, women, doesn't really matter, but there yeah. are geographical variances because of, of the way the skin is. But by the age of 23, 24, we begin to lose collagen. So, so please, guys, do not wait until you're 40, 50 to start using it when that wrinkle comes up. Because let's not play catch up. Let's try and play prevention. So... In addition to that, as we, as a female, for example, hits menopause, she loses 30% of her collagen in the first five years. So we have got to really start early. There's never, never too early to, um, time to be saying, oh, it's too early for me to use, I'm young, it's too, I'm too, it's too early for me to use retinol or, you know, because, yeah. because we begin to lose it by the age of 24 or thereabouts and we start to lose it as we go we, this is not something we can do anything about we may try yeah. to slow it by sun cream and extra sun protection factor not smoking yeah. not drinking too much but intrinsic aging which is biological aging happens without our control this is yeah. what we can do is try to prevent or delay it slightly by protecting ourselves from the extrinsic aging, which is the environmental aging. But the so, intrinsic aging, it will happen. So start getting that retinol in because you so will So you recommend really for women in their, in their 20s to yes. start looking yes, carefully at their, as their cosmetic um, treat, uh, their cosmetic skincare. They need yeah. to be careful about yeah. what they use from an early age because yeah. it does make a difference in years to come following that. 100%. Right. Okie dokie. Um, There's one thing I want to say something here before I get yeah. retinol, because um, that's something that if, uh, I get quite, um, I get concerns a lot. Yeah. And one of the ones, if I use retinol, it thins my skin. Too much of a long-term use of retinol will thin my skin. Yeah. Guys, yeah. I need to be really, really clear about this one. Long-term use of retinol will actually thicken the skin. It will not thin the skin. That's why it's a powerful anti-aging. So it thickens yeah. the healthy parts of the skin, which is the dermis and the epidermis. What it does, and that's how it does the collagen production and, and all the hyaluronic acid and what have you that we've talked about. But it, what it does, it actually compacts the dead layer of the skin, which is called the stratum corneum. And that's the part that you feel it thins. And that's the part that gets irritated when you use retinol for the first time, 
or user, a stronger concentration or user every day. So here's yeah. where we come in again. Is if before, if the consultation is so, so key to, to manage patients' expectations, to say this will happen or this may happen. And if it does happen, here's where, how we manage the situation. You buy off the high street and you're suddenly flaking, itchy and red and you think, oh, I mean, this is supposed to make me look beautiful. No, I'm yeah. the best. You know what? Yeah. I'm not going to use that anymore. Chuck it underneath the sink. You know, so it's or use it as a foot cream, as I tend to use when. I'm <laughs> so, so you just you just need to really understand that with the retinol, it thickens the skin, but it actually compacts the stratum corneum, which is the dead layer of the skin at the very top. But right. the consultation is key, and hence the reason why yeah. we are we do what we do. And also there's things like that affect um, use of retinol as well. It needs to be used at a certain time of the day, would you say? Um, okay. for... So here's another myth that not all of them, this is it, okay, you can't use it during the whilst it's in sunlight. Yes, there are ones that will be deactivated when used in sunlight. Yes. Yeah. But there are others which are prescription only, who, which are not subject to deactivation. So... That that's based on how they're formulated. It's because yes. of how they're actually produced, yeah, not, not for absolutely. any other reason. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we say take it, do it at night because that's one of the reasons. And two, remember our cellular turnover happens at night whilst we're yeah. sleeping, unless you happen to be me and I haven't slept since yesterday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and there is pros and cons to using different products and different ingredients in products. But as you say, um, some of the side effects can be to do with itchy, irritated skin at the beginning. They should get improvements over time as they've got used to the effect of the oh, treatment. Just, just tailor the, 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 um, the um, treatment frequency. So instead of taking using it every day, perhaps do twice a week and then titrate up or move up. Yeah. more frequent you might need to yeah. use maybe yeah twice a week for the first two three weeks and then you go three times a week and four times a week until your skin becomes acclimatized to it so yeah. it doesn't mean that you have to there sit there waiting for your shedding to happen not everybody can do that we especially now more than ever we we do so many zoom calls for our business yeah. people don't want to look they want to look at the best that they can possibly be so yeah so um we need adherence from the from the clients at the end of the day we don't want them not to use it because they feel oh you know this is a chore you know it's yeah. like a medicine i've got to take it you know and yeah. do well for me you know getting that buy-in and adherence yeah. and stick to the plan is really, yeah. really and that support that continuous support that we give them after the yeah. or after the consultation is so important that we are there for the aftercare yeah which, which yeah. you won't get in the high street you just won't yeah yeah that's true well, that's just one particular uh, type of product, type of cosmeceutical product, retinol, and, and the derivatives of retinol. There's others as well, including vitamin C. Read about vitamin C. We read about how how useful it can be in skincare treatments. Um, so what do you think about vitamin C in the same way as retinol? What's your view of vitamin C in skincare products, Balsam? I absolutely adore vitamin C and I and it, nobody should go without vitamin C in their skincare nobody uh, but they've got to again be very careful that some of them are the, 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 the vitamin C itself is highly unstable highly unstable so that's why the the packaging and that's how it's formulated is really really important now you will see a lot of them will say something like oh it's made of L-ascorbic acid 
which is what vitamin C, that's, that's the scientific name for it, ascorbic acid. So there is nothing about L and B, the L and D. This is in the world of chemistry. There's something called rotation of light, um, but this has nothing to do with it. The active form of vitamin C is the L form. The D form is not, doesn't have biological properties. So whether you say I'm using ascorbic acid or L-ascorbic acid, it's six or half a dozen. But it's the way it is. That's the way it's been marketed. So it's L-ascorbic. Now, the vitamin C itself as L-ascorbic is highly unstable. So we need to make sure we put it in a form, either through the, um, the containers that keeps it nice and preserved because if subjects in daylight, air, heat, all sorts of circumstances, it will deactivate and denature. We sometimes also need to make sure if to prolong the activity of this hyaluronic, uh, sorry, for vitamin C, and we might combine it with vitamin E, we might combine it with something called ferulic acid, and that increases longevity of it. Others yeah. are created in an oil-soluble formulas, and they penetrate slightly deeper, and you, are, you can then go in a higher concentration, because generally the yeah. vitamin C that you see is between 10 to 15%. More than that, in its pure form, it's irritating. So, yeah. so sometimes they put like a, almost enclose it in a bubble, and they yeah. put it to the skin where then it's released, and that way you can go up to thirty percent. And that's right. like an oil formulation. So it's it, yeah. not an oil. More, yeah, it's, it's not oily as an occlusive, yeah. but it's an oil formulation to allow um, transdermal um, delivery. In, in to get through the layers of skin yeah. effectively. Yeah. 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 So, but so, yes, we love it. Why do we love it? Yeah, what, what's the what's the benefit of vitamin C in a cosmetic product for, for men and women? What does it do? It's a powerful um, uh, ingredient against photoaging. It's a powerful antioxidant. So it is it, it protects the skin against free radicals. So anyone who's heard of the of the um, term free radicals, what they mean these free radicals? They're the ones that damage the skin that you will get from UV rays or pollutions, etc. Now they're the ones that in the world of chemistry again which is to put into perspective if you have an atom it's missing one electron and it needs that electron to be stable because every atom has eight electrons but this damn thing is missing an electron but it has it it, it, it shows no mercy it just goes like a scavenger and wants to pick up an electron unfortunately it takes it from our skin so what happens yeah. to our skin we become uh, damaged so it just says, I thank you very much. I'll take that from you, not even asking for permission. It just takes it. It's, it's that rude. So what happens with the antioxidants, it donates that electron to the free radical and yeah. therefore spares the skin from being damaged. And that is why it's so, so important to have the vitamin C. But you combine that with, with um, SPF, which is the, the sun protection factor, you have a powerhouse. Because yeah. A, you're preventing the UV rays, and you've got this one, which is a powerful um, antioxidant against UV damage. In addition yeah. to that, it, it works beautifully to increase collagen production and as a powerful anti-aging and, and even skin tone. So vitamin C is a must in everyone's um, so, so as with retinol, retinol derivatives and retinol products, you'd recommend vitamin C products from, uh, from individuals from the 20s onwards? Absolutely, you can never go wrong because it's photo aging. And for, remember, yeah. we talked about the canvas, the white canvas, uh, as we are born, yeah. and then you speckles, as you know, with the rays and the pollution and what have you. So that happens everyday life. 
And so yeah. health aging will always say vitamin C is incredibly important. I always work, talk about the five to six pillars of skincare and two of, what, two of which, there are actually five, but the sixth one is the cleanse because skincare starts at the point of the cleanse. It doesn't, it's not just a bar of soap. You know, it's, it is at the point of the cleanse. But the others are actually the five pillars. Vitamin C and retinol are one of the five, the two of the five pillars in the, in the skincare uh, tower. So we really, really must make sure that it's integral in us in our capsule wardrobe of, of mm -hmm. skincare. Definitely, you can have an array of all sorts of lotions and potions, but chuck them all out and just, if you can have your good five, you're pretty much done. Right. Plus your, plus your um, treatments uh, in clinic, when you can have your monthly yeah. treatments in clinic, then you've, yeah. it's, it's like brushing your teeth and going to the hygienic, hygienist. You need to have yeah. both of them. Exactly both of them. We just got just got a just got a, um, a follower there, Agustina Skinder. Oh, hello, beautiful. How are you? <laughs> mentioning mentioning about skincare starts from inside. It's not just yes, about well, external. She's girl. She's she, she's um, she's incredibly passionate about the brand she leads, which is SkinAid. Um, and she work, She she does believe beauty comes from within, and then you know uh, that's that's the way then it manifests. And and her brand is amazing. So yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Look out for Augustina. Okay, okay, okay. Um, mentioned a few other mentioning a few other products. You mentioned earlier hyaluronic acid. Yeah. Um, hyaluronic acid. That's an ingredient we use in injectables. Um, it's the it's the main ingredient in most fillers in the UK and around the world as well. And we use them for volumizing and for carrying out certain types of treatments in the skin under the skin. And within the skin as well, I use it for a different different range of treatments. Um, most people, most women will probably think of it as a lip filler treatment, as, as it is. Um, but what would you say in terms of cosmetic use of hyaluronic acid? You see different adverts on TV and different on social media, and they mention hyaluronic acid. This new cream has a certain strength of hyaluronic acid. What's your view of that balsam? Okay, so here we are. So I'm going to go into the view in a second and the strengths, but let's look at the hyaluronic acid in itself. We are born with hyaluronic acid and we have it in uh, almost everywhere in our body. We have it in the valves of the heart. We have it in our joints. We have it in bones. We have it mostly in the skin. In fact, 50% of it sits in the skin. And so they are known as, uh, they are long chain sugar molecules. They're known as glycosaminoglycans. And if you, if you, uh, and they are an integral structure in the extracellular matrix. Now, I'm talking a lot of science here, but what it means to you and I and the rest of the people who are watching, if you think about the extracellular matrix as a mattress with springs and buoyancy and, you know, the piping and everything, it keeps it nice and firm. The hyaluronic acid is integral in ensuring that, that, that integrity and the firmness of the skin remains intact. So it is an integral part of the extracellular matrix. Now it comes, it, it's a powerful humectant, it's hydrating, and so for skin, it's, it's amazing. However, here's the, here's the however part of hyaluronic acid, and I think everyone should include it. But please be mindful, hyaluronic acid is a water-retaining molecule. It is not a water generating molecule. It retains its water up to a thousand times its weight. And yeah. so it is, it, it's something, oh, it's going to make me more moisturized or more hydrated. No, it actually retains the water. 
So you, you might find in different environments your hyaluronic acid may not work as fast or as hard for you. However, what the scientists have done to make sure that it works better, they've changed the, num the molecular size of it. So it is able to penetrate deeper in different levels. What's nice about it is we don't get allergic to it because we make it. We don't get allergic yes. to something that we know and we love. So, so otherwise we get, get I'm maybe I haven't said that I'm allergic to my family sometimes, but you love them. You always have to accept them or you want to have them in your life. So, yeah. so we don't, but they are confusing. They can come as cosmeceutical, cosmetic, or down yeah. depending on their chain, how they are, they're compacted and they're formulated. Um, yeah. Another ingredient that I absolutely adore, which is also a cousin of hyaluronic acid, and again, a long-chain sugar molecule, uh, another glycosamine glycan called beta-glucan. Now, beta-glucan for me, I am passionate about it because that is the one that does more than just retain water. It actually holds onto water as well as um, in increases the collagen production. And you can find in um, sources such as oats, algae, all sorts of things like that. So they are yeah. also rich in food. But as a serum, and as one of the ones that I absolutely adore, is beta-glucan. And I always prefer that than hyaluronic acid for my yeah. perspective. I always go for beta-glucan before. And watch this space, beta-glucan will start to get more and more awareness. Right about now, not a lot of people know about it. So yeah, hyaluronic so, yeah. acid has to be part of the staple. Now, your second question is about what concentration. If you and, and I've made hyaluronic acid in my kitchen. I literally made it in my kitchen and it's not hard to make, believe it or not. Yeah, so yeah. It, it really is not. If you have 1% of hyaluronic acid that you make 1% in 100 ml of, of water and plus other yeah. ingredients, you end up with a gel-like formula, very gel-like. Go up more and more and more, then you end up with jelly. So yeah. how much you do, how much do you need of hyaluronic acid? You know, so you cannot really realistically go up more than one percent yeah to, to yeah. formulate it because i've literally made it myself in my kitchen and i put yeah. it as a one percent and then it turned like a very very viscous serum so yeah. the more i think i'm gonna have to slice it and cake on because yeah, <laughs> it's not work. yeah so but absolutely hyaluronic acid or it's a glycosamine glycan is important yeah. part of the third pillar of skincare in yeah three out of five We've got Agostina there asking, what do you think about ingestible hyaluronic acid? Ingestible forms of hyaluronic acid? It all depends, Agostina. I mean, they, they um, again, we're talking about the delivery, the release, the size of the molecule, all has have a lot to, to do with it. And as you know, with Agostina, she's an expert in her, in her, own, um, her own product, where she looks at the collagen. And she looks at the size of the collagen molecule because she works as she uses the well-being drinks as skin aid. And, and she talks about that and how it's actually, does it get ingested? Does it really get ingested? How is it transferred? And that, there's yeah. different formulations work. And that's formulation is key in everything that we do. So it all depends on, on, on what it is. Right now, the hype is about collagen, as you know. Um, but I, I truly believe you can have all the beautiful ingredients in the world but that if the delivery is, or the integrity of the structure is incorrect, you'll not have compatibility for the outcome. So, so uh, that's my answer to it. Okay, no problem. She's just mentioned there, random dispersal is usually an issue with that. So, yeah. okay, no problem. We'll go on to one other ingredient you mentioned earlier, um, UV sun protection, UV block. Yeah. 
Um, it's important because sunlight has a big effect on the skin, yeah. and that the effect of that is 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 seen over time. It's not something that individual in, individuals in their twenties will notice yeah. straight away. Well, they can see the effects of it um, in some in, to some degree, but as you age, sunlight plays a big effect on how the skin appears. So what's your view of UV sunblock protection in skincare products, Balsam? If there is anything I'll say, chuck everything that I've spoke to you in the bin, as much as it's a valuable piece of information, and stick to one ingredient, and that is sun protection. There yeah. is absolutely no point spending all that money on all your lotions and potions if you are not going to protect your skin in the first place. So sun protection is the number one skincare product that you need to have every single day of the year. Even, summer, not even if you ignore every other ingredient in every other skincare product, the one thing I always recommend to all my clients, yeah. irrespective of their use of cosmetics and injectable treatments is sunblock use sunblock every day of the year because you your skin's permanently affected by sunlight and it's uva uvb uvb being burning the burning effect uva yeah. being the aging effect yeah. and i don't think people always understand that it's not sunny i don't need it you know i use it in the summer i don't use it in the winter but that unfortunately does cause problems when people are using sunblock over the course of the year from summer and winter um, so what would you say to, to people about that? Well, I want people to go and search on the internet for a gentleman called Bill. He's a Canadian driver. And some of you would have seen his name, yeah. some of you wouldn't have. And this gentleman is a Canadian driver, freight driver, who used to travel up and down the country delivering goods for 28 yeah. years. And you yeah. will see his face, and his face is a, a, a clear example why sun protection is incredibly important. Because yeah. literally half of his face is, is older than him in years than the other. Yeah. And the reason yeah. why is the half that used to be exposed to the window, a window, yeah. not, not a sunny day, it was closed window, it was raining, Canada, we're not talking about the yeah. tropics, we're talking about Canada here. So yeah. even though higher up and you probably get more sun but still they yeah. have rainy days but you find one side is completely wrinkly and textured yeah. and uneven and pigmented and the other side is actually quite healthy you know it's not yeah. as damaging for his age and it just shows you that uva which is mainly aging it actually breaks down collagen it is also it's, it's a culprit in the formation of skin cancer, which is never mind that we're talking about beauty here and aesthetics, but something is far more important than the aesthetics is the formation of skin cancer. So, and, and one cancer, in fact, one or two cancers that could be totally preventable, or at least 90% preventable, one yeah. of which is sun protection, is sun, is sun, is skin cancer. So it will age you, it will pigment you, the sun, as beautiful as it is, it will age you and it will pigment you. It will make you look older beyond your years. And most of yeah. all, it will, it, you may run the risk of skin cancer. So yeah. why not use it? It's very important. We do it when we give it to the babies. We do it. We always, we always smell yeah. our babies on the beach. Yeah. But then suddenly we forget between the ages of whatever, to 18 to 25 to 20. But yeah. I think before, it used to be far, far, far worse because the awareness of sun protection is getting more and more. Uh, despite that, we what we see is I only use it. I only use a factor fifteen in my in my clinic in my makeup. Yeah. 
move my moisturizer. But in my mom and dad's days, they used to spread olive oil or sunflower, right. and then they yeah. soak in the sun. You know, so there was no <laughs> protection, nothing at all. So yeah. you can imagine that the awareness then wasn't as much as the awareness now, and that's yeah. why we, yeah. we, we we're getting better, but not not fast enough. I think we need to so, even. So without without a doubt, the one one thing you would recommend if there's one thing you would say so, to everyone is yeah. UV block. Use it regularly. Use it all year round. Follow the instructions as per given. Please be yeah. mindful. Don't don't get don't don't lose the hype. Whether it's a physical or uh, it says organic or inorganic. Organic in the case when you see organic sun cream or sun preparations, organic does not mean natural in this case. Yeah. The just has a different ingredients than the chemical ones. So the physical ones happen to be zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, and these yeah. are the organic. But the organic ones, they don't mean, you know, we all know the world of organic, you think it's yeah. natural, but in this case, it's not. Please also be mindful that whether you take 30 or 50, it's six to half a dozen, because there's only about 1.962% protection between the yeah. 30, so 30 and the 50. So you're not doubling it because you're doubling it. The main right. thing that's really important is when to go out in the sun, and how much, how much you apply, and how often you apply. That's yeah. really, really important in terms of sun protection, rather than yeah. whether, it, you know, whether it's 30 or whether it's 50, because it does yeah. degrade, it does break down, and we need yeah. to make sure we reapply. Despite what they say, the once-a-day formulation, I am still dubious, Do I ha am I yeah. happy about it? My, my patient is just once a day, but yeah. it's application. And now the technology is so so vast you can have a powder you know like a, a matting powder or an anti-shine or even illuminating powder and there's a brand yeah. called skin better that does it and it's an amazing brand and they they have a factor 50 in their powder you know so you are putting right. your makeup but actually you're covering yourself at the same time yeah it's yeah. absolutely cool. so it's yeah okay. the lists are endless you you can good, as long as you just protect it doesn't matter just protect and yeah. also for the HB, the blue light, there's more and more emerging evidence. The, the indoor lights and the computer lights um, are also, um, the, you know, uh, they, they can affect negatively on to the skin with yeah. prolonged. But we're still, more research is being done about it. So, yeah. uh, and there are actually some preparations that do have that, both on the high street and also in, in clinic base, where they have an yeah. anti blue light filter for them. So, right. yeah, you, the choice is there. The choice is there. Just yeah. Just be aware. Be okay. That's good. There was a few questions, a few separate questions that, that people were asking as well. So there was a few different ones, not related particularly to what you've mentioned previously. Um, one particular question, microneedling, can that help with acne scarring? What, what's your view of microneedling, Balsam? If there's a treatment, I absolutely adore is microneedling it's it's right. a workhorse that deals with a multitude of sins and whether yeah. it's acne scarring uh, and i'll come back even more detail for acne scar whether it's pigmentation uneven skin tone whether yeah. it's uh, open pores whether it's collagen production as an anti-aging it does so much more or just just uh, transportation of the uh, ingredients into your skin and i'll be yeah. introdu introducing a a, a, a home use Demerola with growth factors serum right. uh, to start yeah. client as well. And it's amazing. I mean, I'm so excited about it because this is, it, it's called a bioidentical growth factor, which is very much close to what our bodies make. 
uh, when we do all the um, taking the blood out and, and spinning it, etc. So, so we yeah. uh, I'm going to be because microneedling as a smaller just it allows your ingredients to penetrate deeper in your skin. In terms yeah. of acne scarring, not all scars are born equally. So there are three different sets that we know. Is it box scars, uh, scarring? There's roller scarring and ice pick scarring. And it may work for uh, one or two, but not three of them. So, so yes. again, we've got to look at the consultation and the consultation is key because we have to manage patient expectations at this stage. If they think that they're going to be scar-free with microneedling, that may not be the case. It may improve it ever so slightly, but then you, won't have, you might have combination therapy, like a subcision, or you yeah. might need to have laser treatments. So there are many, many different ways that we can combine or uh, treat an alternate weeks or, or yeah. days, whatever the, the treatment protocol would require. So yeah. yes, I, as, a, as, a, as an overall, it does help with acne scarring, but when you go into finer detail, you've got to know what the, scar, what the type of scar is. That's really right. important. Yeah. Good, good. Um, there was another question about PRP. Um, what can it do for, for somebody with different types of skincare problems, PRP? Okay, so PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma. And the idea is, is to ensure that you use your own body material, which is the plasma part that contains the platelets, which are involved in the regeneration of your skin through growth factors and um, that way you are essentially regressing naturally rather than progressing. You're regressing naturally. More and more evidence, but PRP, let me just tell you something about it. It's sometimes it's potluck. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it works beautifully on some people. Sometimes it's absolutely, you know, it doesn't. And so what you end up with, it's almost like a lottery for some. You know, and I, I do believe in PRP, but what I believe more in is a, is a, a procedure called PRF which is platelet-rich fibrin. Again, we take the blood out like you do in hospitals when they do a blood test, and you put in a centrifuge and you spin it. But the spin yeah. cycle is different than the, than the one for the PRP. It, it, so it spares the platelets. And the yeah. idea of the fibrin, it acts almost like a scaffold for the skin. So it's like a, a mesh, a network of mesh. It's not like yeah. the PRP, which is yellow. This is actually a blob, a mesh. So it yeah. acts like a scaffold. It also traps the platelets so that it can have a slow release of growth factors. So we have it a little bit more in time. Your platelets don't live for long. They only live for about seven to eight days or eight to nine days, no more than that. It yeah. is also totally natural because the tube that we use to put the blood in doesn't, any, it doesn't have any of the activators. So there are no chemicals in there. But we have to also be mindful that the tubes are very specific to PRF they're not the tubes that people use to take blood out because of their yeah. steroid. Okay? And also they bind to hyaluronic acid. So the fibrin mesh is, is far, far more impressive. And the yield of platelets that it produces is double that of the PRP. So more and more evidence is showing that the PRF, which is the platelet which fibrin, is actually a better treatment option than the PRP. But the PRP has its place because sometimes we use gel plasma which is like yeah. a filler, but we, it's a, you made out of PRP, and then we can rejuvenate with gel plasma. So for people who don't really want any fillers in their face, they want to stay natural. So yeah. I love both principles, but the more and more evidence is showing that the PRF is producing far better results than the PRP because of the uh, yield of the platelets, the 
blazers are not bashed about as if you are in a washing machine on a spin cycle. Yeah. You know, it's a, you, they're not bashed about. You're preserving it. You're increasing the, the you're slowing the rate of the growth factor release, and it acts as a beautiful scaffold for the skin. So right. it's yeah. a no-brainer. Why don't we go for it? Yeah. So there's there's more research going on to look at the effect of PRF compared to PRP. Yes. So yes. yes to come very more. positive results. Very positive results. Was it? Yeah. And one thing I wanted to, to touch on PR, PRP, yeah. um, you see in the marketing world, when you see uh, the vampire facelift, a facial, yeah. you see the yeah. likes of Kim Kardashian smeared yeah. blood. Now the red, so the blood on, on, a, on a very general scale has got red blood cells, white blood cells and platelets. The red blood cells act to carry oxygen. They have yeah. no regenerative value whatsoever. So when you're smearing it, you're doing nothing but causing a great big mess because we yeah. know the scab, then we yeah. end up, how much do we have to clean our hand to get rid of the scab? So imagine trying to clear up on the face. It has no regenerative value. It is just yeah. a marketing ploy and it annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. No, that's, that's good. We've got, a, we've got a few minutes left, so I'll try and pick one question that would be probably more popular. One of the questions, what's the best moisturiser? This is just one particular question from somebody. What would, what's the best moisturiser? What would you say to them? Okay, so I'm going to say to you, there's a question mark on my head now. What do you mean yeah. by best? Because best for whom? Best for you, best for, for you know, what best. I, I, the only way I would be able to say the best moisturizer is the one I will give you post an in depth skin consultation. Yes. That is the yes. Otherwise, I can't say what your skin needs are unless I see you, assess you, uh, whether virtually or physically, and then yeah. we work at a treatment plan. But there is no yeah. such thing as best. And I remember when I was working in community, there used to be a lot of Middle Eastern uh, clients, and they used to bring take a packet of whatever and they say is this good it's the same different moisturizers different issues different people Absolutely. and there's not one before you before you yeah. choose the product so there is no such yeah. thing the best moisturizer is what's yeah. best for your skin needs yeah. uh, and then we know that post consultation excellent that that is just about an hour, Balsam. <laughs> Time flies when when uh, when we're discussing no, different topics. But it's been really nice to speak to you again and see you. Um, what, what we'll probably end up doing is going through other topics at some point in the future. Yeah. But yeah. if there's questions from individuals about different skincare products, different questions, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. They can just message me. My, I'm there 24-7 almost. Honestly, I will, yeah. I will return the message. The one thing, guys, yeah. I just want to say, it's so important to make sure that your home care, now that you're in lockdown, to, to maintain your treatments through your home care because you don't want to step back. So yeah. there are so many options out there in, in clinic where they uh, there's a support mechanism where the, we will send the home care to you, to your door, delivered to your door. And that even includes whether it's a mini peel, a microneedling kit, or the skincare, just to maintain yourself while we are out of, uh, while we are all closed. Because the last yeah. thing you want is go back and waste all the money that you had to have done for your skin, yeah. then start all over from, from uh, step one. But yeah. if you want to know more about it, 
please get in touch with me. I, I do health care and I deliver it. Vivek, I think you do, don't you as well? I do, yeah. I'll be, I'm looking at stuff my own range of uh, cosmeceutical products, actually. So I'm doing some research, doing some testing. Um, yeah. But I'll give more information about that over the next, next couple of months, I think. But it's been really nice speaking to you again, Balsam. Oh, Thanks very much. And you. I think we're going to get kicked off in a minute. So I'll say well, goodbye. I'm going to go to bed now because I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a, good, have a good night anyway. It's really nice speaking to you. And um, hopefully we'll do it again yeah, soon, yeah, Balsam. Definitely. Definitely. Okay then. Take care. <laughs> Bye. See you. Bye.